Welcome into the Thunder Basketball Universe. Preseason and training camp have come and gone, and we've now entered into opening week for the Thunder. We're taking a look back at our biggest takeaways from the Thunder's training camp and three preseason matchups. Plus, the official roster for the regular season has been released, so you know Nick and I are breaking down everything you need to know. And with the holiday season in our midst, we're going to play a fun round of Secret Santa. It should be a lot of fun. Let's get right to it. It's the Thunder Basketball Universe. Well, Nick, we're recording this on Tuesday, December 22nd, which means there are only three sleeps till Christmas and only one sleep until the Thunder's regular season opener against Houston. What better gift this holiday season than the start of regular season, Nick? Like Buddy the Elf, I'm probably going to get a full 40 minutes before the Thunder's <laughs> game against the Rockets, and that is going to be plenty because I am jacked up. I've got tons of energy ready to roll into the regular season. Lots of smiles like Buddy the Elf smiling is my favorite. And Nick, we have a lot to talk about because the team just wrapped up its preseason, three exhibition games under its belt, and about three weeks of training camp ready to go into this regular season. And there was a lot that you and I both saw during this preseason and a lot that this team is going to want to carry over into the regular season, a lot of lessons and a lot of experiences that they're going to want to keep that momentum moving as they face Houston on Wednesday. So let's get into some of these takeaways from us. Nick, get us started. What's one of your takeaways that you got from this preseason? Well, Mark Dagnall mentioned it early in the season or in preseason, just positionless basketball. And I want to give you an example of what exactly he means by that. Here are the top three guys in terms of three point attempts for the Thunder in the preseason Alexei Pokashevsky, Mike Muscala, and Al Horford at 6.7, five, and four and a half three point attempts. Those guys are all almost seven feet tall. Right. And yet they're the ones that have taken the most three pointers so far in the preseason. And I think that just goes to show the way that. This Thunder offense can be inverted. That number might not hold during the regular season, but there's this great opportunity for this Thunder squad to position players all over the floor and get guys into different circumstances that maybe the defense isn't prepared for. That's right. And it really is just kind of like this modern NBA that we're in right now. And the Thunder has really built this kind of modern roster, just like you're saying. And that it kind of morphs into what you're going to see with the guards and the wings as well throughout this season. But one thing that really kind of it flows right alongside that is the tempo that this team is playing at this season and what made them so dangerous. And when they were playing at their best was when they were playing fast and getting the ball up the floor quickly. Guys like Alexei Pokashevsky grabbing the ball off the rebound and pushing it immediately down the break. Same thing. Guys like Al Horford grabbing rebounds and bringing it across the floor, just like Shea can, just like Lou and Hami. All of those guys have this ability to bring the ball up the floor and initiate action quickly on the other end of the floor. And that's exactly, Exactly what this team wants to do. It wants to get into its rhythm quickly, but also in that half court setting, the team wants to move the ball really quickly and keep the defense in a scramble, keep it, keep it off balance, get into the paint and kick it out to the perimeter for guys like Mike Muscala and Al Horford and Alexei Pokashevsky to knock down those shots from behind the arc. And the, the Thunder right now has a lot of threats on that perimeter who can really add and space the floor on that side so that's really one of the biggest takeaways that I got from this team on the offensive side of the ball is just moving the ball with pace and moving it with tempo is really when they're at their best 
And if you want to play that style, you want to play with that speed and put the defense on their heels, you have to be interchangeable on the offensive end because what you want to do is when you get into your offense quickly in the first three or four seconds of the shot clock is be able to exploit those mismatches. And so having players that can actually do that, having a guy like SGA who can attack a big off the bounce or attack a guard off the bounce and be physical getting in towards the lane, having a guy like Al Horford, who's comfortable pushing the ball up a little bit and then making that next pass, having a guy like Poku, who is clearly super confident and thrilled to push the ball into the front court. He had one play in the preseason where he's rushing up ahead and it's kind of a secondary break, kicks it to the wing, gets the ball right back at the three-point line. Those are the types of things that when you're playing positionless basketball and you're playing fast, you're going to get those free chances without a defender in your face because you're able to shift the defense, keep them on their their heels, and have them cross-matched. One player that really stood out to me in this area, and and one that we haven't really, haven't seen in this position very much, is Hami, who had a lot of opportunities this preseason and a few minutes playing as the primary ball handler for the Thunder. And typically, obviously, we know him as a slasher, a cutter, this really explosive scorer. But he showed this preseason that he has this ability to bring the ball up the floor and kind of take the load off of some of these other players, like Shea, who's going to have a lot of attention on him on opposing defenses this season. So having a guy like Hami to add to that mix of primary ball handler, somebody who can help run an offense, it's going to be really helpful for this team. And that's why kind of my second big takeaway from the preseason is just this team is really committed to developing these players and not having there be sort of any skip steps on that development track that they're looking for. And so that's why you saw guys like Hami get different types of opportunities in the preseason. It's not necessarily about what happens in those 48 minutes that the guys are on the floor in terms of whether the shots are going in or the outcomes. It's about can we layer some experiences on top of these guys get a baseline of where they're at coming into this next season of their career, and then figure out how we can continue to add those experiences in this positive cycle for them in order to build and grow their games. And then also ultimately determine what is their long-term outlook like in terms of what type of player they will be in this league. You're, you're talking a lot about character of this organization and kind of how they approach when it comes to development and having a guy like Mark Dagnall kind of set the tone for that early on this, this training camp that regardless of what happens externally, regardless of the uncertain circumstances that we're facing due to COVID-19, we're not skipping steps and we're not allowing that to affect how we approach our every single day here in this organization. And that has led to a, this greater kind of mentality of this organization that's really on display when things get tough and adversity hits like it's happening here in 2020 but it's really been a characteristic of this organization for so long and that's just gratitude every time you step onto the floor and that is really prevalent right now in times of COVID when there's a lot of uncertainty going into this season just with the state of the world and and things that are happening around the league right now. But these guys have an understanding that there's a lot of work that's going into being on the floor. Just turning the lights on in practice requires a lot of work from a lot of different people being very adaptable and following a lot of protocols. So every time they step on the floor, this team has added motivation to make the most out of every opportunity that they have to be on the floor. 
not just out of necessity because there were a lack of touch points this offseason when it came to you know things like summer league and open gyms but also out of gratitude because they're they know they're very very fortunate to be in the position that they're in to be able to play the game that they love in the middle of a pandemic so that was definitely another standout takeaway for me just in terms of the character of this team this season Right. I mean, the fact that they've gotten to walk into the arena down in San Antonio and that the fact that they've got to come into Chesapeake Energy Arena where they're so used to things being a certain way, there being a ton of ushers and a ton of personnel and, you know, watching that beehive of work being done around the arena and prep for a game day. And then to come in and see it be very, very different. And yet all of the, the things that they need are still in place in order for them to play a game. The arena is still pristine and ready for them all the safety precautions have been taken so they can get out on the floor and do what they do best, which is entertain us, entertain Thunder fans all over the world and and display their incredible gifts uh, out there on the floor. And and so I think that they recognize just how much effort and work is involved in doing that, uh, how fortunate they are to be, you know, under testing protocols and to have that all taken care of them as well. And I have not heard a a single word of complaint from any of these guys, even the players like Isaiah Roby or Darius Miller, who have had to try to rehab an injury during COVID haven't really had those opportunities to get out and run in five on five or do those things. There hasn't been a, oh, uh, poor pitiful me approach from those guys. It's been a much more determined approach in that uh, would seem like an obstacle, but I've used this opportunity to attack harder in the ways that I can. That's right. And Nick, you and I wrote an article about these takeaways. It's on okcthunder.com. Be sure to go take a look at it because we talk about all of this in that article and I love that point that you mentioned, Nick, that there would be a lot of room, especially for this Thunder team, this young Thunder team with a lot of new faces who are trying to come together in a short amount of time. There's a lot of room to complain and a lot of room to make excuses with this shortened off season and the unique circumstances that are facing them in this upcoming season. But the fact that they haven't complained at all, the fact that they're approaching it with gratitude and the fact that you have a guy like Mark Dagnalt who is setting the tone from the very start that they're not going to skip any steps and that none of that will affect what they do on a day-to-day basis says a lot about this team, says so much more about the organization, especially with the amount of new faces on this team, that they're buying into that and really kind of leaning into that as they go into this season. So it should be a really, really fun season to watch for that reason. A lot of high character guys on this roster and Nick, we have the roster now. The full regular season roster has been announced. And let's get to know these guys a little bit. You've had a chance to talk to a few of them. I have as well. So there are a lot of new faces, but it's a really good mix of players and skill sets and and experience levels. The the biggest thing that Mark Dagnant will say about this group is that there's that versatility, that flexibility that we talked about earlier Paris which is they can mix and match lineups they could have three guards out there on the floor at the same time they could have multiple players that are almost seven feet tall out there at the same time as well and it's going to depend some on the matchups but it's also going to depend on what the Thunder wants to do its own agenda you know we've seen in years past the Thunder be able to tailor the group that's on the floor to deal with whatever matchup is across from them but we've also seen the Thunder take it to opponents I I think back to Uh, 2016 playoffs against the San Antonio Spurs when the Thunder played two big men at the same time. And that really threw the Spurs into a a bit of a funk. And I I think that the Thunder will use some of these opportunities as well to push their own agenda, put the lineups on the floor that they think can uh, be exploitative as well. 
Yeah, one word you're going to hear us use a lot in this segment is versatility because that is it, that, that's what the Thunder has in spades with this roster, like we mentioned, a very modern roster with five men who can shoot the three and also dish out assists and, and guards who can also kind of navigate in that wing position and play off the ball. So, Nick, let's break down this roster a little bit. And I, I hesitate to use guards, wings, and forwards. So we, maybe we can go guards and just not guards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that. fair. But even, even some of those not guards, are you're going to see them get a rebound on the defensive end and rush the ball up floor. So don't be thinking, Thunder fans out there, that whoever the guy is that's dribbling the ball up court is the point guard. Right. He's probably one of the other four guys that's getting ready to come and receive the ball. And that's the beauty, Paris. Any one of these five players on the floor can serve as a playmaker in some form or fashion. That's right. And Shea Gilgis-Alexander, kind of the, the forward-facing guard for this organization. And we saw him last season just completely blossom off the ball. And we, when we talked to him, he said that that experience really only added to his toolkit as a player. He's a natural point guard, but last season we saw him average 19 points and right around six rebounds per game. And that really helped build out his portfolio and his toolbox when it comes to being an all-around guard. And that's going to be massive for him this season because he's going to have a a lot of attention from opposing defenses like we mentioned earlier in the podcast so that's where it helps to have other guards on the floor like George Hill who is a knockdown shooter high IQ veteran led the NBA in three-point percentage last season and also guys like Ty Jerome who have kind of a similar skill set knockdown shooter former NCAA champion but you know also has that really really high IQ as a player and can be that facilitator in the extension of the coach on the floor and let's not forget Teo Maladon who the Thunder acquired in the draft this season as well and we already talked about Hami the the Swiss army knife of this team who can kind of bring it on both sides of the floor yeah and okay so that's a perfect transition to the wing group uh, which is kind of led by Darius Baisley uh, a guy that can really play any of those positions, the the three, the four. He's a guy that was incredible in that bubble in Orlando. The 15 games there that he played, 10 points, six and a half rebounds, 47.5% shooting from three-point range. Really, really solid. And he showed the ability to finish with both hands around the rim. And then he's kind of paired with the player in Lou Dort, who's very, very different. Very different player mm-hmm. from Baisley. Mm-hmm. Darius is tall, lanky, smooth. Lou is a bulldozer. He's got super quick feet, defensive maestro, not uh, a knockdown shooter by any means quite yet, but he's a guy that put up 30 in a game seven in the playoffs. Very rare for a player that was formerly a two-way guy, just earned an NBA contract in the middle of the summer to, to do that type of thing while still locking up primetime offensive players. So obviously very intriguing. And then got a couple journeymen in Darius Miller, Trevor Ariza. Those guys have been around a long time. And then kind of some counterparts, a little bit younger in their careers, but similar type players in terms of Justin Jackson, Kenrich Williams. Those two are in their mid-20s. Justin Jackson, major pedigree in terms of winning national title at UNC, known kind of as a knockdown shooter, has been with a couple of other NBA teams. Kendrick Williams, the opposite, undrafted, known as Kenny Hustle. This is a guy he's going to dive on the floor. He's going to do all the dirty work, that type of thing. The most intriguing player in this wing group, though, is Alexei Pokashevsky. We mentioned him earlier. Just the varied skill set that this kid has at 7 feet tall and 18 years old. Very, very interesting player. Thunder still doesn't really know what they have in him yet, and I think that's okay. This is a season of exploration with Alexei. 
And uh, the one thing that we do know, though, is he's not going to be shy. He's not going to be scared. He's been a pro since he was 13 years old uh, over in Greece. The Serbian-born player moved over there by himself when he was 13. His family followed shortly thereafter. But he's been through the ringer. He's been pushed by some older players in in his life. Uh, So I don't think he's going to be scared of this opportunity. You talk about those older players. It helps when you have guys like Al Horford and Mike Muscala holding it down, anchoring this team when it comes to veteran presence. And you're always going to need guys who you can always count on to get a bucket. And we saw that this preseason with Mike Muscala, who was a knockdown shooter. And we've seen what he can do last season as, as a pick and pop specialist for this unit. And then you've got a guy like Al Horford who can really on both sides of the ball, just hold down your defense and be that center figure of your offense has that ability to not only roll to the rim and get a bucket, but also space the floor. We saw him knock down some really high-quality looks, go four for six in the Thunders game against Chicago, and really show what he can bring to this group in terms of playmaking ability, but also decision-making and just kind of being that high IQ player for this group when it comes to the offensive side of the ball. You've also got big men like Isaiah Roby, who we mentioned, Nick. We haven't seen a lot of them this season or last season. Just he was dealing with a nagging foot injury. He was acquired midway through the season last season for the Thunder. And so this will be a really good opportunity for him to kind of establish himself as a player in the NBA. And he's worked really, really hard this offseason to recover and get back to full strength. And he said he's playing without any pain now, which is amazing for him. Really excited for him to get back out onto the floor. And then you also have a newcomer like Moses Brown, who actually provides a really unique skill set at seven foot two. It, it can hold down that defense and be that rim protector in the paint. He's a two-way player this season, but he is really, really active around the rim as we saw during this preseason gallo. The other two-way player for the Thunder is Josh Hall coming straight out of prep school, North Carolina kid. He actually uh, is from the same hometown as me, Durham, North Carolina. So that was fun uh, shout connecting, out. connecting with him. Those rules on the two-way players uh, might look a little bit different this year. So the Thunder has always approached their roster since the two-ways have been uh, installed as 17 guys. And that those two players, the two-way guys are no different than the other 15. But this year, uh, it might even look a little bit more different where those guys can be around the club a little bit more. In the spirit of the holidays, since there's only three sleeps till Christmas, Nick and I just can't wait. We want to dish out some gifts already. And so to help you guys kind of get to know some of these faces on this roster, we're going to play a little game of Secret Santa. We picked a few guys and hypothetically, we got them some gifts so that you would help kind of help you understand these guys a little bit better. So Nick, get us started. What gift did you get and who is it for? Okay, I'm getting a fanny pack. Uh, this one's got a big Thunder logo on it. It's that nice, nice, beautiful Thunder blue. And that's going to our guy Poku. We saw some pictures of him that he posted on social media as he was making his journey from Europe to the United States. We saw a couple nice fanny packs. I think that's great. You know, a really uh, a nice, convenient place to toss a cell phone. A hotel uh, room key can go in there. Uh, all the things that you don't want to shove into your pockets. It, it's really uh, very, very convenient. And this is what we want to do. He's an 18-year-old kid. We want to make things as convenient on him as possible early in his career. People underestimate the value of a really high-quality fanny pack. <laughs> I mean, it really is like a, a perfect, convenient place to store store your personal items. All right, I'll go next. I have a highlighter pink pair of New Balances. 
and that is going to drum roll, wait for it. Darius Baisley, of course, our resident New Balance representative. And I mean, we've seen him in, in multiple pairs of New Balances over the course of this season and last season. But I mean, as a couple of stocking stuffers too, we know Darius is really into the holiday season. Maybe I get him, you know, a couple candy canes, maybe some ornaments to add to his tree, one with Oklahoma City on it. I feel like he would really appreciate that. Yeah, Darius, if you get a new pair of New Balances, then you don't know who they're from or they're from Paris, check the insides. There might be some candy or stuff in there, I guess. There you go. That's the, <laughs> that's the key. All right, All right, who's next? I'm getting one of those portable external batteries people use for their phones, and I'm getting that for Al Horford. He's got a big family, lots of kids. They've made their move to, to OKC, and, and Al is very connected all across the country. Even back to his home country of Dominican Republic, I imagine he's on his phone quite a bit. And so he, as the team travels, goes to all these different road games, locations, as he's getting himself set up in OKC, uh, let's give him some, some extra juice on that phone. Yeah, that'll be perfect for him and his big family as he's on the road all the time this season. All right. Next, I've got a Swiss army knife with the name Hamadou Diallo engraved on the front of it. You spoiled this earlier. He's got a sneak preview of this gift, but it is a very good one. I think it's very fitting for Hami, as we mentioned earlier in the pod, as I rudely spoiled earlier. He is going to be a very versatile player for this team, a Swiss Army Knife who can really do so much for this group. And I mean, Swiss Army Knife, it's just a cool gift, honestly. Very, very helpful. <laughs> All right, my last one is a Tupac t-shirt for Shay. All eyes on me. Oh yeah. Uh, we always see Shay coming into the arena with some sort of old school rap t-shirt or some some kind of cool pop culture reference. And, you know, defenses are definitely going to be keyed into Shea this year. And, and I think it's fitting um, that he, you know, have a t-shirt to commemorate that as he walks in to the building each night because he's now on the ball a little bit more. This is an incredible opportunity for him to go out there and make those mistakes, learn from what he was able to do last season. And in that kind of three guard unit with Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder. And now he's got an opportunity to do some of those things as that lead guard. And the reigning league fits stand out just all around, always eyes on him when it comes to fashion too. So I know he's looking to step up his game again this season. So that's a, that's a great fit for him, Gallo. All right, last one for me. This one might be surprising to some listeners at home, but I've got a pack of deer feed and this is going to George Hill because people don't realize but George Hill is really big into ranching and he has an 850 acre ranch back in San Antonio where he has some exotic animals that roam around you've got you got things like wildebeest zebra some deer I mean this is this is a guy who is really big into farming and, and agriculture so I got an extra pack of deer feed for our guy George Hill fascinating he's an inner city kid from indianapolis moved to san antonio to start his nba career basically got taken in by a family there in san antonio who owned a ranch and george told himself one day i want to live like this i want to have <laughs> this type of lifestyle so very very cool to see just how this nba world has transformed george hill's life yeah, I'll be, it's such a unique aspect and, and angle to George's life that not many people know about. So we really look forward to getting to know these guys a little bit more as the season goes along. Be sure to stay locked on OKCThunder.com and stay locked on the podcast as we help you out with that throughout the season. 
Well, before we wrap things up on today's podcast, we have to talk about some really exciting, an event that happened last week for the Thunder, and that was Content Day, formerly known as Media Day. That's right. This event happened in the middle of preseason. It's normally like a first day of school slash picture day opportunity for these guys right before the start of training camp. But of course, in 2020 and all the events that have taken place with this unique season, it happened right in the middle of preseason. Nonetheless, it was still a really fun event. Nick, you were there. You got to see these guys and see the whole setup. What was it like? Well, uh, definitely very different than previous years. Usually it's the entire arena is full of people. There's interview stations all over the place, photo, video, chances for guys to take group pictures together. And this year was very, very different. They were, we were separated into stations all throughout the arena. It was very safe, very distanced. The guys came in group, small groups and they were able to kind of flow through and uh, one by one stop by each station. The station I was at with a couple of our videographers was our broadcast interview station. So I had a really nice chance to sit down with each one of the players, get to know them a little bit more on a personal level and really lay some groundwork for some great storytelling that you and I are going to get to do. And our whole content team is going to get to do to tell these players stories about their journeys to the NBA, about their resilience, their perseverance, the things that they've uh, done in their lives and the things that they hope to continue to do in their NBA careers. So that was very cool. It was also really fun when the players did happen to walk past another station that was happening. Of course, they hadn't seen their teammates up close and personal all day that day. So it was a great chance to rib each other a little bit, play around. Shea poked his head in when I was interviewing George Hill and, you know, was trying to distract him. I think everybody was teasing Bays about his short shorts. So uh, it was a good time. We, they still some classic thunder, mm-hmm. lighthearted humor and that type of thing in the midst of kind of more regimented day than we typically will have, have had in the past. There was certainly a lot of fun content that came out of that day. And that content will be used throughout the entire season, not just for player intro videos like we'll have before every game, but also, I mean, social media content that we'll use throughout the year. And like you mentioned, Gallo, some storylines that we'll look to follow into this season. So be sure to stay locked on OKCThunder.com and all the Thunder social media platforms to kind of see where some of this content ends up. Should be really fun to see. And that's all for today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Thank you so much to our producer. Happy holidays. And until next time, Thunder Up. And catch you later.